I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. So we put this time aside every Monday morning for my next guest. He's great. Editor of the National Review, the great Rich Lowry. Rich, good morning. How are you, pal? Hey, good. You know, to, I got to throw into the uh, Coach of the Year bucket the coach of the Jaguars. I mean, they started two and six. Oh, Doug Peterson, and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And beat, beat yeah. my Titans on Saturday night in heartbreaking fashion for me to clinch the division title. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, I mean, who do they have at quarterback? This kid, Dobbs, they still almost yeah. won. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, Peterson won a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago with Nick Bowles and the Philadelphia Eagles, so yeah. he's a proven commodity. I want to ask so you we, one— We have this guy from the Detroit Lions practice squad, and we yes. got more first downs. Yep. We outgained them and had time of possession on them. It was amazing. That defensive touchdown killed you late. I'm going to ask you one question. I'm going to put you on hold and then bring you back. Does that sound Okay. Yeah, I got to work the clock here. The one question is Biden. He finally goes down to the border. He's in El Paso for three hours, not three days, not three months, three hours. He sees a sanitized border. And of course, he's going to say everything's fine. And maybe one of these days, Congress will help me when all he really wants is amnesty for everybody. We know that already. But this 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 guy, he's got a set of balls like I'd never seen, Rich Lowry. <laughs> well, I guess he's probably running again you know, against my expectations, and he realizes he needs to at least tack a little bit to the center. And the criticisms of him, bipartisan criticisms of him, stung some. But their solution is just to try to legalize as much of the current illegal flow. <laughs> They're going to basically say, nice. don't come illegally. We're going to let you in on this parole program, which is a total abuse of power. So n- nothing's going to get better. The accounting just might change. What do you think about Governor Abbott's letter, his message to Joe Biden? Basically uh, about $20 billion short and way too late. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, they created this this crisis. They have the authorities to stop it or at least really minimize it, but they're not interested in, in doing that. They just basically think if you show up with a bogus asylum claim, you should get into the United States no matter what. And I, did, and I did see that this weekend that uh, he said at least this weekend that he was going to run again in 2024. I mean, again, he's not even halfway through this presidency. He's approaching 80 years old. He forgets who he is, who his vice president is. I mean, it's not even funny. Some of the things he does speaks to a real cognitive issue. How in uh, God's name could he even consider? I mean, shouldn't he wait to say something like that? <laughs> you know, I, I think they, they're just looking. Well, one, once you get the bug, once you're president, you, you don't, you know, you, you step out your front door and or back door or whatever it is, and you're on a helicopter with a bunch of reporters standing around uh, hanging on every word. So it's a pretty nice gig, and Marines are saluting you. Um, and he, he's wanted it for 40 years, and he's, he's there. And they don't have a good alternative, as we've talked about. So I, I guess they're going to try to do it again. But it's a huge uh, risk for them. And for the country, because something could happen to him in a general election campaign, something could happen in any day. If he somehow gets reelected, something could happen to him while he's, he's in office again. So uh, it, it'd be better to let the next generation uh, have a shot, but they're scared of the next generation because Kamala Harris is at the top of the list.
or Pete Buttigieg. Either one of those mm-hmm. are both a disaster. He is the editor of the National Review, political NBC contributor. He does it all his best work right here every Monday morning at 740. And there's more to come. We'll come right back with the great Witch Lowry right after this. So is it worth it all going 15 rounds to elect a speaker? Absolutely. We got concessions that really were being rejected as early as Monday when it comes to being able to read legislation 72 hours before its adoption, individual appropriations bills, and ultimately what we negotiated ensures that we will never again have a circumstance like this omnibus spending legislation because bills will have to comport to a single subject. There will be germanity requirements on amendments, and so it's going to be an open process, a transparent process. I'm thrilled at where the House of Representatives is today. Well, there it is, folks. After four days, 15 votes, the longest in over 150 years, Kevin McCarthy is, in fact, Speaker of the House. That was Matt Gates out of Florida. We continue our conversation, our Monday morning conversation with the great witch Lowry. So uh, what do you think about what Matt Gates said? I know that uh, Grant Stintfield and other pretty well-known conservatives agree that it had to go this way. They had to do this. It had to go days and votes to make sure that the concessions were there. And now they're happy that McCarthy is there. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's a little embarrassing not, not to be able to elect a speaker. I haven't done it this way in a, more than 100 years, but it, it's not a crisis of democracy. It's not anything that anyone who doesn't, you know, not obsessive about this is going to remember or pay attention to three months from now. And I think the, the deal they got is pretty good. Uh, I think McCarthy, you know, there's not really a good alternative um, uh, for him as speaker. So he won, which I think is, is good, and the changes are good. And now we'll see. You know, now the hard, how hard stuff happens. I mean, they're going to have to hold together during some uh, uh, turbulent uh, arguments over how, how to deal with these things when the, when the rubber hits the road, especially on the debt ceiling. But um, I think everyone should be, should be fairly pleased the way it turned out. And, he, you know, he keeps saying, McCarthy, that he's going to hold President Biden accountable He's going to hold Hunter Biden accountable. He talked weeks ago about removing people like Adam Schiff from his committee, uh, uh, also uh, Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. You know, he's gone out there talking about impeaching Mayorkas. He had a lot of tough talk the last couple of weeks. And now Republicans, I guess, hope to God that all that really comes to fruition. That's exciting for the Republicans. Yeah, I think that, you know, the, the investigations are, um, you know, that, that's, not, that's not tricky. Everyone in the conference wants these investigations to, to happen, and you just need to carry them out. The tricky part will be, you know, uh, Gates was saying we're never going to have another omnibus spending bill, and the House rules are designed to, to stop that, and I think that would be a very good thing. Those bills are a horror show and a uh, grotesque distortion of the process. But, you know, if the Senate sends one over and they don't pass it, you know, hard to get some deadline, right. there's going to be a government shutdown, and public get blamed for that. So I think you just have to be realistic about what they're going to be able to achieve. They have a narrow majority and only one House of Congress when the Democrats have the Senate and the presidency. So, yeah, they got to push on the spending, um, but uh, it's it's, it's not as though they have uh, a unified majority in Washington where they're going to be able to get whatever they want. So last week, that warmonger, I should say, John Bolton announced he's running for president, which is beyond silly. He's not going to get 1% of the vote. It'll be like a Bill de Blasio type of thing. I mean, come on. And uh, somebody said it to me, and I said, listen, listen, listen. Just stop. It's a two-man race. If Ron DeSantis decides to run, and he clearly is, he's, he's got money, he's got all the backing, and he's going to announce he's going to run, I'm sure of it. It's Trump and DeSantis, and that's it. Uh, I don't care about Tim Scott, Christy Noem. You could name 100 people. It comes down to a two-man race. 
Am I right? Uh, that's the way it looks. It's just the problem is a year, year and a half out or whatever it is, oftentimes the way it looks is not the way it turns out. So uh, I, I have an asterisk of doubt about that, but that's certainly Well, can, can you give me one of these other potential candidates that you think may throw a wrench in what I'm saying? That's that's the big question. I was talking about a friend um, about this the other day. You know, you, you know, Trump has a serious chance to win. You know, DeSantis has a serious chance to win. Who's the third most likely? There is no one. That's Republican. the point. I don't know there, who it is. There's nobody. But, it's not Tim Scott. Come on. Yeah, but you know, there's just shocks happen. You know, people surge three weeks before Iowa. So that's just a, just just a, a whisper of doubt there. But if it is a Trump-DeSantis race, it matters. You know, John Bolton's my, a friend of mine, but it, it matters how many candidates are in and, and how oh, much oh, they're oh, taking. Oh, you know, because if, if you had the oh, both oh, 35 slow. and 35. Hey, slow down a second. Hold on. What did you yeah. just say? Did you say John Bolton is a like friend of yours? Years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll all have lunch together at that Greek uh, that Greek restaurant. Well, I love that restaurant on out. 45th Street. It's, a, it's right across the street from the Harvard Club. It's a great place. But how does a guy like you end up being friendly with John Bolton? I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Oh, well, he's a, a warrior lawyer. You know, Bush, Bush v. Gore, the Florida controversy. I mean, this goes way back. He was instrumental to that. Uh, he, he's uh, a great representative at the U.N., actually, um, you know, realizes the threat of transnational organizations to United States sovereignty. And I, I'm, I'm a hawk. Um, so uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, fan, a fan of John's. I'm not, not sure he should run for president. You're a hawk. I didn't realize that. So you want to go to war with everybody. You just want to. No, Pretty much, yeah. That's Let's just it. bomb Beijing today. What do you think? <laughs> Let's bomb Beijing. Let's bomb North use, Korea. we got to use them somewhere. <laughs> I didn't know that about you because it's funny. And you and I have gotten close the last two years. But I always thought of you as kind of more of like the liberal type, not really a hawk, would never hang out with a guy like John Bolton. But you see, you learn things every day. Yeah, Every day, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big time hawk. You know, I've been been prudent about about Ukraine. You know, I think we're going to need a deal there eventually. But uh, no, I'm, I'm a hawk. So it said, sorry, you are. yeah, you know, it's a way. We're really getting to know each other. Well, no, I mean, now, now, like, I, you know, now I'm, I'm going to have to push away just a little. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I couldn't think of a, of, of, of a bigger waste of uh, human beings and money and time than war anywhere. I mean, just anywhere, let alone Ukraine, Russia, or whatever else. Uh, John Bolton, Bolton wanted to bomb everybody. I mean, another, you want to bomb. Iran, Iran, we can talk about that, but uh, those poor people in the streets don't deserve to die either now, do they? Uh, of course not. Right. So, Anyway, you're brilliant, and I do love you, and let's, let's take down, let's do that. Let's do, let's do the three of us, me and Bolton, all right? <laughs> talk soon. See you, Rich. Rich Lowry, every Monday morning at 740, editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC, who knew? Dear friend of John Bolton. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.